This presentation was from Yorks Australia 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit yorksaustralia.com.au. So how about I introduce Ewan? Um, and today he's been, he's going to talk to us, his talk's called um, Creating Journeys with a Pulse. Um, no, learning UX from angry customers. Oh, that's why I couldn't figure out who was doing what. I was looking at the wrong side of the badge. I was wondering what was going on there. So now I've like screwed it up twice. First I'm like, which, who's, who's actually speaking? Let's, Hang on. Should we do that again? This is volume A, right? We, you are in the right spot. <laughs> I just can't read a badge that I created. I, I couldn't figure out how that didn't work. So let's do that again. <laughs> I would like to introduce Ewan. And he's going to talk to us about... Learning UX from angry customers. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Donna. I wish I could tell you uh, a, a textbook story of how we created uh, Studio Ninja, uh, which is a uh, client management software and online app for photographers. Uh, I wish I could tell you that we did lots of market research, we validated our assumptions, we prototyped and we tested before we publicly launched uh, Studio Ninja to the world. But the truth is, we spent about two weeks building a WordPress site with some fake mock-ups of the product, put the link on a dozen Facebook groups, uh, and pre-sold Studio Ninja at $150 each to 70 complete strangers, and looked at each other and went, now what? Um, my name is Yuen. I'm the co-founder of Studio Ninja, um, and as well as Yump, a UX research design and development agency. Uh, we're based in South Yarra, Melbourne, and when we set up office in a co-sharing workspace, uh, I got to meet Chris, who is a wedding photographer. And one fine day, Chris said to me, let's take you for coffee, I want to tell you some crazy idea of mine. And as I say, the rest is history. So we spent about six months uh, building our minimum viable product after we've pre-sold um, to 70 people in June 2015. And we, we soft-launched it in December 2015 to uh, 600 people on a waiting list. Uh, and I, again, I wish I could tell you that we high-five each other, what a successful launch, but the reality is um, we got zero conversions from the first month. Uh, we got lots of angry complaints, like this one. I'm going crazy. It's more of those things. It's none of those things I've tried. I've tried everything. I need to get a refund if it won't work. Uh, and as they get angrier, they become more matter-of-fact. I'm just incredibly unsatisfied, and please, basically, please refund me. Um, what we learned is that it's easier convincing someone to pay $150 for a product that doesn't exist than $30 for one that does. <laughs> so three months after our disastrous launch, um, at this point in time, we're providing customer support by email, um, uh, through our Facebook page, um, and we also have a self-service uh, help section on the website. And Chris said to me, I want to start a Facebook group for all our users. And I just like, had this sinking feeling that now not only could, can they just tell us one complaint, one complaint would go on a Facebook group and everyone would join it and they were all getting against us. Um, and I had a premonition of myself sitting in bed late at night answering angry customer feedback on my phone. Uh, and I nearly said no. But... Um, 
I also kind of realized that photographers love Facebook groups, and that there's a potential for this direct and transparent connection to us through the group. Um, and so I agreed to it, and the premonition actually came true. Uh, not only was I answering feedback in bed, in the toilet, at lunch, on train, uh, every spare moment I got, uh, we were answering feedback. But something else happened. With the group, we started building a genuine and transparent relationship with our customers. So it didn't happen overnight, but bit by bit, we started incorporating uh, our customers in every stage of our product development journey. So we will literally respond to every comment, feedback, and suggestion. Um, if it's a complaint, we wanted to know why. We always try to solve the problem. But often, remember, photographers are creatives. The whole reason why they're using our software is because they can't really run their business. Uh, and they're not probably very, not very savvy businessmen. And so some of their problems come from the fact that they just were not structuring their business properly. Their business, uh, the idea of what constitutes an invoice and how to manage that relationship is, is, is not standard, um, as we know it, in business. Uh, so taking the care to respond to every feedback, no matter how ridiculous it seems, the suggestion could be like really ridiculous, like a feature that no one else would use except for themselves. Um, but we take the care to treat them like, like, like a normal person. If someone asks you a question and says something stupid, you will say something back, right? You will have a proper conversation. And that's what we did with every customer. Um, we had polls to vote on features, um, and that's always very popular. We, have, we started incorporating one-on-one -on -one interviews. Uh, we call them. Uh, first of all, we actually asked them on Facebook group whether you want to be part of that. Then we call them and talk to them about their business and understanding how they're using our software. Um, we would then go to prototype testing. We generally facilitate via Envision. Uh, we will also sometimes do, for some features, do better testing on a test server, involving our customers again, getting them to, always inviting them to participate in our, in our research and testing. And then finally, regular updates, both good and bad. And the key word here is bad updates. You know, we are, companies are used to providing good news. It's always good news. But unfortunately, things are not perfect. Sometimes you have bad news and you have bad updates. And we realize that communicating bad updates is better than no updates. And we learned that our customers learn to appreciate us for that. So because it's a reasonably competitive market uh, with some similar products, uh, we, could, we, could, we could literally copy the best features out in the market. Uh, and we have an endless supply of suggestions from our current customers. So the question is, why will we do any research? Number one, to identify which features are most important to our highest value users. Now, you need to first identify who your highest value users are. In our case, we know that it's not just photographers, but wedding photographers, family portrait photographers, generally on a one-man or two-man team. To avoid working on features that don't actually matter much to our most important users, because we're so lean and we're so limited resources, wasting time and wasting money on features that are not important could mean the difference between having a business next month or not. To identify the gap between what users say they want and what they really need. And often we have, we call the bandwagon effect. You put, someone said, I love to have this on Facebook. Everyone joins in saying, yes, 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 yes. And then now it's like, well, we got, if we have hundreds of that, how do we know which one is actually right? What's the difference between what they say they want and what they really, really need? And we do that through just really digging a bit deeper, ask them 
um, in the interviews, we ask them deeper questions about how essential that feature could be to their business. And from that, we try to understand, uh, and also actually prototype testing also helps that, help us identify what they really use compared to what they just say they want. And finally, to find a particular competitive advantage before our competitors. Um, on top of that, I will also suggest that when you invite your customers into interviews and testing, and, and they get this idea that you just want to improve the product and just want to help their lives get better, they, you, you really earn their respect, and they become your brand advocates. So what does a typical research and design sprint look like for me? Uh, again, super lean. I'm a one-man design and research team. Um, I'm working part-time on Studio Ninja. Um, what we decided, well, what we can commit is a major development every month for a particular, say, feature set. In this case, let's just say uh, lead management as an example. Um, the first week, I would just be doing a lot of research around looking at best practice, competitor products, what works, what doesn't, consolidating all the features that our users have, have suggested on Trello, um, just kind of filter them by, um, by the category, uh, categorizing them as lead management. Um, from that, that sets the scene for week two, where I will conduct one-on-one -on -one interviews with them, generally between six to 10 customers, representing kind of a broad range um, of uh, typical uh, highest value users. So some wedding photographers, some portrait photographers, uh, male, female, um, uh, also business size around uh, one or two man teams. Sometimes they are husband and wife, sometimes they're siblings, sometimes they're just by themselves. And then based on those insights, we'll start to prioritize those features. Uh, in week three, I will create a share design prototype with a bigger group of people just to get more feedback. This time, it's less intensive for me, so I wouldn't be on the phone with them. It's mostly by email, uh, and we'll let them sort of leave feedback for us over that period. Uh, and then in week four, I will finalize those designs with the feedback that I've got, uh, and then queue that for development. Really, just enough. Um, you can always do more. But given how little time we have and how little resources we have, this is kind of a, a best case approach for us right now. So uh, fast forward to today. Uh, we uh, literally July last year, we have 100 paying subscribers. Uh, last month, we just crossed uh, 1,200. So uh, a tenfold increase in users. And this is without any investment. So super lean, again. And part of the reason where we've been able to grow our users so quickly uh, is also, um, we talk about conversion. Essentially, once they start trying the product, how many of those trial users become paying subscribers? In our case, um, as you remember, at our launch, it was like zero, and now it's 36%. So that's, that's, that's a great um, outcome for us so far. That's just a, a graph on the left showing our user growth over the period. Um, we also get to see beautiful posts written by some of our users. Um, uh, Rick, I love Rick. Um, it's the shit. <laughs> they are literally on it night and day working their ass off, motivated by making the best product for us. Now, we didn't tell Rick to write this. Um, he wrote it on a Facebook group, another uh, Victorian wedding photographer's group, and we found out afterwards that he's written this. So thanks. Uh, we appreciate not only the work, but the communication and openness about what you're doing and how you're doing it, your ninjas. Um, again, talking about communication and openness. And finally, the fact that you guys are always listening and evolving makes me want to stick around. 
So the summary um, for what I've just talked about, uh, number one, if you're a lean startup, consider pre-selling to gauge market demand uh, before you even start building your minimum viable product. Uh, if you sell, there's market demand. Simple. Simple answer. If it doesn't sell, you probably didn't have a right product. Number two, know who your highest value users are. This may not be obvious from day one, but it will become obvious very soon. And so really, um, uh, you know, even when we talk about photographers, I have to say when we first started saying photographers, we think of them as a group, just like photographers. If you have a camera and you make it into a business, you're a photographer. But then there's wedding photographer, portrait photographer, real estate photographer, advertising photographer. They're all different. Uh, and learning to know who are the people who will buy our product has been a really important uh, learning for us. Number three, involving users at every stage of your product development journey. Uh, I'm not recommending a Facebook group for everyone. That depends on your customers. In our case, um, it's been great because that's where the photographers hang out, and that's where they can get a lot of immediacy, uh, and uh, they feel that there's a direct connection to the people who are building the product. Uh, so um, you, know, you, can, you, can, you can find other communication other communication channels for involving your users in your product. Some people ask me, so do you have to pay them everything, anything, to get them to you know, do your testing, devote their time? We've been really lucky. We haven't. Uh, and I said that right outright because um, um, they just they love the product and they want it to be better and they, and they understand the importance of, of the product being better uh, and they're willing to come on a journey with us uh, without, having, you know, without us having to uh, provide any sort of financial incentives um, so, so that's been a really, really good for us. Um, and finally, the, probably the most, the hardest one to do is to be open and honest with your users. Uh, you know, it's, it's easier said than done to say, be real. Um, the, 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 the thing is that, like for myself, I've been trained in a corporate culture for a long time. Um, to say sorry is like a weakness. Uh, to, to relax and to, to, to have an emoticon is like to be, um, uh, it's like not professional. Um, but sometimes when you're talking to people, you know, um, sometimes it's just a saying, say, hey, mate, I'm sorry. We designed that feature poorly. Uh, we didn't realize that it was going to take you, th you know, three hours of your every Sunday copying invoices, and we're going to make it better, and we'll fix it for you. And that actually really matters to them. Uh, and just, yeah, just, just talk like a real person. Um, and with that, thank you. Thank you very much. We have time for questions for Ewan. Knowing what you know now, yeah. would you have started with angry customers? Did they actually give you maybe an insight? I know maybe it's not a, an emotionally good thing, but did they yeah. give you something which you wouldn't have had otherwise? Yeah, definitely. Um, I say when we launched it, we really launched it at 60%, maybe even less than that. Um, there's no point getting it perfect. If you get it perfect, you're too late. Uh, to launch the product. So we launched it knowing that it's not quite there and that we're going to get some negative feedback, but the scale of it still you know, put, it, put us under a lot of stress. I wouldn't change it. It's been, it's been great, being very accountable, understanding what actually doesn't work. And then actually the, 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 the important thing is that we've always been prepared to react quickly. And because we're able to react quickly, that, you know, that's put us in where we are today. So. Um. Great content, by the way. Really appreciate it. Um, 
Uh, I was curious as to when you do your testing and your, uh, say, prototypes and envision, yep. the customer base, customer base that you do it with, are they inevitably those high-value customers as well? Or are they, generally speaking, a different set of customers? Um, they will be in the high-value uh, category. So, um, we, yeah, we will, do, we will do the testing or the interview with, because we know they're wedding photographers, like I said, wedding photographers or family portrait photographers, generally one or two-man team, and those are the people that we'll be testing with. Um, we have tested a little bit with like prospective customers, harder to find, harder to incentivize, kind of we mainly stuck with our existing customers. Um, so, I mean, we're also careful that, you know, obviously you start to build it away that maybe you start to lose touch a little bit with other people. So we try to still uh, talk to other photographers, sometimes even commercial photographers, not necessarily getting them to test the product, but just talking to them, help us understand maybe some of the gaps that we have in a product. Oh, hello. Um, the original idea, uh, was it a problem that you were trying to solve? Yep. And if it was, has that problem changed? Is it, is, are, you, are, you, are you solving something different now as to when you first came up with the idea? I think, like I said, our story wasn't, it wasn't like we have, oh, there's a problem to solve. And then we're going like, to validate it, test it. We, uh, it was a bit of a hunch, and we put it out there, pre-sold it, and went, whoa, there's a real problem here. People really, really, really want this. They, they want it so much, they're begging us to launch it tomorrow. And that's when we know that's a real problem. Um, and I think Chris instinctively knew there was a problem. He's a wedding photographer. He spent his life um, trying to do business and not very, well, not very good at it and trying to teach other photographers learning to use complex software. So I think he inherently knew that there was a problem. And so it was just that when we, then we realized that it's a problem for lots of photographers. Um, the problem essentially hasn't really changed. Um, these are creatives with not a lot of time to do their business stuff. The admin is the last thing they want to do at the end of the day. They chose to go out and shoot beautiful photos, retouch them. Um, and so the problem, I think, would exist uh, and will continue to exist. It's just a matter of how are we helping them uh, over time. As software gets smarter, as technology gets better, um, how much of it do we want to automate for them? And we're also seeing a resistance to automation. So as much as we try to automate for them, they're saying things like, but I want it to be personal. I want to have the chance to write something personal. I want to say, hey, how's your dog? Um, and if it's all automated, I wouldn't have the chance to do that. Or maybe, maybe we can, but we're not there yet. So it's just a matter of, um, I think, refining that solution to the problem. Um, hi, thanks for the presentation. Um, with the face group, group, uh, a Facebook group. Uh, I've got lots of questions later about why Facebook and others yes. that are equally transparent. Yeah. But did, was there ever a, a situation where they were having conversations between themselves and debating and having their own fights and kind of ignoring you, where they were saying, this is great, this is bad? Were there ever any uh, clear splits between the same um, feature or function? Definitely, all the time. So we're getting discussions that happens. Sometimes, sometimes we'll wait a little bit before we jump in because we know someone else will come in and say something else. And so often uh, the photographers will be debating like, oh, you know, you structure your business, your invoicing to be this way. Why did you do that? Why did you do it, you know, deposit upfront? Why did you split into three payments or two payments? Uh, and so all these kind of interesting conversations that could have an impact on features are happening uh, in the Facebook group. So we'll monitor the conversation, see how it goes, see kind of where it ends up. Um, and we have photographers telling us, I don't know why they asked for that thing. I would never ask for that thing. Um, you know, why waste your precious time? But we have to understand that 
everyone has their own way of doing things, and it's just a matter of you posting something and then realizing, oh, I'm the only person in the group that has this concern. So we want that journey to be there for every, that discovery process for there for every photographers to find it out themselves. Um, you know, and then if, if we get this, like, lots of people saying that it's going gonna, it's gonna to work or that um, there's, like, a, a clear trend that this is a really important feature that we're lacking, that's when we'll take action. Tariq, thank you very much for that talk. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.